Welcome, everybody, to episode 111, Triple Ones. Whoa. I know, right? Of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Um, it's a pretty special night tonight because all the way from Iceland, we have our buddy Bearded Southern Gentleman. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Uh, couldn't wait to uh, one-up Ryan there, could you? Just kidding. Uh, we do not have Bryant. <laughs> we do have, we do have, he's kept quiet until now. We do have Spangler back with us this week. So Spangler, good to have you back. Oh, we don't have him either. Okay. Well. Um, just you and me, buddy. Just just the two of us. Um, so yeah, uh, it might be a bit of a shorter episode uh, given, given the topic. Um, but it's an interesting one because, you know, it's never too early to, to talk winter 2022 watches just to make sure we get the jump on everybody uh, and get our picks out there earlier on what we think the hotter watches are headed into the winter. Um, that's again, uh, yet a, yet a th- things come in threes. And that is a third joke about uh, this week's episode of the wrist cheese radio podcast, which if you haven't checked out, go check out. Uh, they were pretty early on the summer watches. So um, knowing the rate we go, we'll probably get to that around October of later this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although my, my prediction for winter watches polar. There you go. Well, uh, we should uh, just uh, cut with the jokes, even though I'm, I'm really enjoying them, uh, and it's it's filling some time. Uh, and let's get to uh, the usual pleasantry. So, Buzzy, what's in the glass? What's on the wrist? Yeah. So, I mixed up a uh, method vermouth and club soda tonight on ice. It's uh, a delight. I don't have many more pours of, of method left, so we've got to do our... Uh, our big order here pretty soon. I mean, so it comes in, what was that? The 375 uh, milliliter, um, considering maybe a five gallon jug. Uh, no, 750. 750. Oh, it's a 750. 750. Yeah. 375 is the little tiny guy. It's not, yeah. it's a 750. A wine bottle, as it were. Yeah, because it is fortified wine, as we now mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, maybe a five-gallon jug, something like that, uh, would, would work. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I'm also, I mean, that's pretty much been all me. I haven't had a lot of, you know, cocktail drinking friends over uh, to help me out with with that bottle. So, testament to how delightful the product is. Mm-hmm. I'm in that same boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right on my wrist i've got my tutor black bay 58 and it is on a forstner jubilee bracelet boom, 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 boom. Finally. Yes. finally finally <laughs> yeah bit big ups to mike stockton uh ran wears watches and everyone else that's on the forstner train it is definitely Definitely a nice, nice piece. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about it later on, but yes, yes, we will. Yeah. So, Spence, what do you have? So, uh, in the glass, I also have a method, but not with club soda. I added some bourbon and some ango, orange ango, to it with uh, Amari cherry, which makes that a Manhattan. Um, sure so does. that's yes, it does. I, I used. Um, as I am want to do, I uh, used what I have the most of, which is still working my way through the 175 uh, jug of Buffalo Trace that I was able to source up in northern Indiana 
for just slightly more than you can buy a 750 down here in Ohio, which still blows my mind. Um, so even though I'm not quite halfway through that, I still technically have more of that than the full bottle of Weller that I have still. So, um, yeah. yes, I was very big fan, very big fan of the Buffalo trace with, with the method that mm-hmm. I, honestly is my favorite, uh, Manhattan at the moment. It's a good one. I haven't had a chance to try it with Michter's rye. Uh, yeah, I could see that being very good as well. Now, I will say I've had it with Maysville Club rye, and that is very that is excellent. But I'm also running out of Maysville, so I, there's got there's some purchases that have to be made. But the the more convenient one would be able to you can get Michter's rye pretty easily. And not that you can't go and get Maysville rye, but you have to go and get it or have a hookup who maybe is a cousin of the distiller and and also, you know, knows where the distiller lives so that he can hook us up to say, hey, I need to buy another bottle. Um, we're coming up on a year on that episode, too, which kind of blows me away. Yeah, that, that is uh, that is hard to believe. Yeah, oh, I did. Uh, I did the Maysville Club. And I went closer to like a old school one to one, and it actually didn't work out that well. It wasn't a bad really? drink, but it wasn't wasn't hmm. what I uh, had wanted. So I would definitely definitely just let it let it be spicy. Let's say a yeah. super spicy rye. Just just let it let it be. But that vermouth will uh, will come through just enough. Well, and I'm, I also really kind of want to try the um, one of the ryes that. Um, Corey recommended. So, just to see one of those higher rye, one of the oh, higher the, rye content. Yeah, New York State Empire. What was it Empire? Rye? Yes, Empire yes. of Rye, Empire Lions, yes. something like that. Yes, Emperor Rye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I need to give that a try. Um, and then on the wrist, um, I had a really weird realization today wearing this watch um, as it relates to the watches in my collection that either are Seiko's or the brand contains the name Seiko. I'm wearing my grand Seiko, um, the, uh, timeless limited edition, the blizzard GMT, which is the SBGE two, four, nine, uh, the one with a gorgeous, very subtle, but also very sparkly white dial and the amazing blued steel hands. Um, the thing I noticed about that or about this watch and all of my Seiko's is that I have an SBGE two, four, nine, an SPB 149 and an SRQ 029. So all the references that I own end in a nine. <laughs> and uh, I have one, the, the three digit number zero, one, and two. It just, it's just a weird, I was like, I'm looking at that. It's like, hmm, that is kind of an odd thing that they all end in a nine. Um, just, just interesting. Yeah, that is more than a little bizarre. It is. It is. I don't remember what the samurai was that I used to have uh, ended in, um, but it did. Oh, the uh, I forgot about the alpinist that I also own, which is weird. Um, but that is a, uh, I guess technically, if you look at the three digit number, it's a one nine nine, which also works. But it's the one nine nine J one because it's a limited edition. So I yeah I don't know, but it's. It's close. <laughs> nine, 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 nine. Yes. Exa- yeah. 
Anyway, so uh, that is uh, what is on the wrist, what is in the glass. Uh, before we move on to our more main topic, uh, we should bring back uh, the Fresh Forum Find. And I think I think this is going to be a, a fun segment tonight because I haven't done this in a while. And I usually I did it the exact same way that I normally do in that I waited until we got on the call to start looking for them. Um, that's just kind of how I roll. Uh, that's yeah. That that's how that segment is done. I mean, I a lot of times I'll have maybe an idea of of what I'm looking for, what what there might you know might be something interesting, but the actual one that I'm going to say more often than not is found in crunch time. Well, and the interesting thing about that is, and we can, I think this will make a good segue into a little bit of a conversation after this is. I think it's just where at least we've gotten as collectors. There's a lot of interesting stuff that comes out that's new, but it's almost like the used market and the vintage market have kind of jumped the shark in a way that it's like, we used to joke the one, the one week we did the, the one, which is the most ridiculous fresh form find you could find from an asking price perspective and just how crazy things have gotten. It, 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 it initially circa to 2020, or sorry, yeah, 2020. Wow. That's a weird way to say that. Um, when we started the podcast two, two, two plus years ago, two plus years ago, we, you know, we started this, it actually was kind of fun to be out on the forums, be kind of looking at stuff. I saw stuff constantly. I just, I find myself, um, not scrolling watch you seek nearly as much, not, not on watch recon, just kind of in a weird way, more focused and a little bit more content with the collection, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, now there may be a fun topic we do in a few weeks where you take said collection and blow it up, and uh, we see where that goes. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to to recording and maybe listening to a few other episodes like that. But um, yeah, I, I just it it became a bit of of a laborious effort to do this, and then of course tonight we're like, oh, we'll bring this back, and I find three that I'm actually pretty excited about. So uh, I don't know how, do you have more than one Buzzy or do you only have the one? I have two. Okay. Yeah. So we well, then, uh, let's just like uh, pick it, Fancy. You can start sure. and I'll go. That works for me. So the first one I'm going to go with, uh, I think is actually probably the best watch of the three, maybe, that depending on your persuasion, but also probably the worst price, but also still a pretty good price. Uh, this is a Grand Seiko SBGA 285. It is the older um, spring drive. It looks like the black dial. Essentially, if, if you if you like a black dial, Date Juster Oyster Perpetual, but you wanted spring drive, this is the watch. Um, what, what was the ref on that again? SBGA 285. Uh, just box papers, um, 3200 price negotiable. Seems just like a very reasonable price. For a you know a very very solid watch, um, I think this one clocks in at thirty. Uh, what does it say? I want to say thirty nine millimeters. I could be wrong. Um, he doesn't have it in the listing, but you can pull it up on their website and figure out what it is. Very nice dial, very good. Like it's a little bit textured, but it's not like Grand Seiko doing Grand Seiko. It's just a very nice black blackish gray dial, spring drive watch. Like just just really like just very clean. Um, Really, really good kind of daily wear. I think very similar case to the watch I am currently wearing. Wears very comfortably. 
Uh, the bracelet drapes very nicely. Um, doesn't have the polished um, kind of like end link, not like end links, but like there's like center links that have polished edges on them or like a yeah. this one doesn't have that. It's more matte. And I actually kind of like that. I think this would be a really good, like kind of just a good daily wear. I mean, spring drive is a phenomenally accurate movement. Um, he's got a nice uh, Safiano leather strap with it that he sourced a Grand Seiko pin buckle. You know, two looks could could be unless you unless you have to have loom could be a really just good watch. Um, I actually really like this one. Thirty two hundred price negotiable on on watch you seek. Uh, I think I think that's a, a fantastic pickup. Yeah, I and Grand Seiko in general. I know this is uh, yeah heretical it's rather heterodox but i feel like 90 percent of their catalog is a pretty large ish case that's cool looking beautifully beautifully executed but with like some art dial and uh and then uh, of course uh hidden type clasp right like that I don't know. God, just give me a little bit of loom somewhere. Just give me, and I, I realize, yes, that these things are polished uh, to be Jesus. And maybe I'm just a, a complete and utter philistine. Um, that definitely might be the case. That being said, you know, this, that one feels definitely like that date just alternative. And, uh, I can see that. It's just, I think it's, it's just a really good, really good, well executed everyday, like just black dial watch. Like I think that is when you talk about the fastening on the hands, the polishing on the hour markers and on the bezel. I mean, just like this, he says this one's been worn sparingly since he got it about a year ago. I mean, I'm sure, yes, there's probably going to be some nicks here and there. Cause the, I don't say there's a rats who shows everything like it, 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 it's surprisingly robust, but like it is so highly polished that yes, you're going to see some hairlines here and there eventually, but it just, it just pops. So I, I, it'd be, it'd be really interesting. I think to see that watch with those highly polished hour markers on like a matte black finish dial. I just think that'd be a really, really pretty, really pretty cool piece to wear on a daily basis. But anyway, so what have you got? Okay. Well, I think the most exciting place in general for used watches these days is our, our friends in Japan. Um, I have seen a, a ton of those uh, triple date uh, Omegas. Omegas. They're Omegas. Ooh, Gosh, they are Omegas. Definitely Omegas. Seen a, a ton of those. They're very reasonably priced. And yes, there will be some import duty. And actually, that import duty, I, I have zero clue how to calculate it or whatnot, and the underlying price is so inexpensive, I, I can't think that it would be all that much, but I also would point out that if it is calculated with, like, rubies or hands or, like, features, you might be, like, completely hosed, uh, you know, because <laughs> there's so much going on on those watches. Uh, this Fast Form Finds is not a triple date Omega, uh, but it is also from Japan. It's a uh, Panerai uh, Pam 
005. So that's a Luminor uh, with the small seconds at 9, uh, i.e. the way it should be, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the only way that this could be any better is if there was a display back, uh, but I'm guessing that those didn't weren't ever delivered with the PAM uh, 5s. It's just basic, basic model. It's in good condition. Very important with Panerai's in general uh, to have papers, have the original papers and some like convincing chain of custody on them because there are super fakes and uh, you, you definitely would not want to get it uh, stuck with one of those. God, that would be terrible because you would be out uh, $3,456. So it's not chump change, but it is also far less um, expensive than a box and papers from a, a retailer. Uh, Panerai is here in the States. Um, you know, I, I haven't ever used Chrono 24, but which is where it is on. But I got to imagine that it's pretty user friendly. You know, pretty uh, pretty friendly for the customer to, to use. Um, they claim it's uh, running plus one second a day with uh, some slight scratches on the glass. You can't you can see that, the 7 o'clock position. But yeah, it's uh, the, the big uh, 44 uh, millimeter diameter, but these, these wear they great wear well. They really do. Mm -hmm. And um, knowing that there are a lot of similar models uh, kind of, of of this ilk floating around at this sort of a price point uh, makes me think like the watch after my next watch might be one of these, you know, mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, it's funny because it's like just such an inherently ridiculous watch. But also I found that with my Black Bay, that does diver watch so well, like traditional rotating bezel diver watch um, that I think really the only other place to go is fun stuff <laughs> for, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Yes. Right? Yeah. So. so it's funny that you mentioned the watch after your next watch. I have a sneaking suspicion I know what your next watch is because it may be a different dial variant of what my next watch might be. Might be. It might be. Um, but speaking of uh, that watch and watches that are similar to that, uh, we have my next Fresh Forum find, which is an Oris ProPilot Bronze, which Ooh. I know was one that you were looking at quite a bit when it came out. Um, yes. It has the really neat... Um, Oris clasp on the on the on the um, on the strap, which is textile on the outside, leather backed. Um, you know, kind of lifts up. Um, this one has a little bit of patina on it, but you can take care of that and then create your own wrist cheese on it uh, with a little bit of lemon juice. Um, this one was dated November of 2021. Box papers on uh, this one's actually on Reddit on Watch Exchange, and this one can be yours. For fourteen hundred dollars, which I think for that watch is is more than fair. 
Um, I have a bronze Oris. I love that bronze Oris. If you don't do anything weird to it, it'll kind of darken and age naturally, uh, which is what mine has done. And I'm I'm debating when the bracelet for it shows up if I'm going to give it a little you know polish and, and let it all age together, or if I'm just going to see how long it takes the bracelet to catch up. Um, I'm not quite sure yet. It'd just be it'd be a fun look to say that is a weird combination. It's like hey, but wait, eventually it'll look the right way. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really yeah. excited to get that bracelet in. But it just the, the way their bronze ages, like I said, I've seen ones that have turned green. I've seen ones that have, have you know people have done some other things too. But in my experience, the the um, big crown pointer that I have is just turned. You know, it's it's a darker and there's definitely some patina to it, and it's a little bit more aggressive than what I've seen from Tudor and other brands. But it's just a a good clean raw bronze that is aged nicely. It hasn't turned green. It hasn't done anything weird, um, which is fine because all I've done is just I've just worn it. I haven't done anything to it. So um, I would imagine that this would probably do the same if you just wore it like you should. Boy, I would I would be very tempted to do the old lemon scrub when you get that bracelet to have um, have the the bright uh, finish all together for, mm-hmm. for just a while. I, I think you gotta do that. I probably am going to because what's going to happen is I'm going to put the bracelet on and think it kind of looks ridiculous, and then I'm going to do that. But I'm going to at least. Oh well, yeah! About twenty minutes, it's going to be on together. <laughs> Just as long as you take pictures, video. Oh yeah, you can cherish that that little couple of moments of weirdness, mm-hmm. and before you fix it, yeah, I'm I'm all on board. Yeah, but no, fourteen hundred for a Pro Pilot bronze that has, you know, the 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 bezel that looks like a you know hark you know harkens to a jet engine, has the same crown. A lot of the design cues of the watch that we both really like are there. Um, it's not titanium, it's bronze. Fun idea. Make that bracelet in bronze, throw it on that watch. Let's see what it looks like. Um, n- never going to happen, but fun idea. Fun idea. You can you can think about it. <laughs> well, it's interesting because those pro pilots um, haven't seen the normal pro pilot bracelet in person, but they did recently updated so it's like polished center links it looks looks pretty yeah. nice i mean oris is no stranger to bronze bracelets it's true that is true oh cool yeah all right next next uh up same same connection we're going to the same part of the globe uh, the, this one's a, uh, a radiomere. So it's a Pam uh, 380. So once again, small seconds at nine. Those uh, wire lugs. I see like a mark down kind of at like uh, 730 uh, or so. But uh, black leather um, strap. And this one also, box and papers, once again, important to have. Uh, it is closed case back once again, which be a lot cooler if it didn't. Uh, but that's a, uh, a Radimir uh, black seal. I'm not, I'm not a Panaristi. I, I 
I don't know what makes it a black seal, right? But uh, it's a, a 45 millimeter case. And uh, it's funny, like God, uh, 10 plus years ago when I kind of got into watches, I fell in love with like the California dial uh, mm. mirror for a little bit. Uh, and I've seen, seen them on here for like, around five grand which i don't know that just that that's not right like <laughs> to to me these things are kind of inherently ridiculous so like get pretty much the base model of whichever one you'd like and uh, i would say that like probably nine tenths of the the fun is just experiencing it as it is like it doesn't have to be the absolute perfect one it just has to be like utterly ridiculous you know tap your inner sly stallone and uh wear, wear one of these things so yeah um actually this one they're, they're wanting 158 dollars for insured shipping to the u.s so ooh. But still, box papers. It's uh, and that other one, my uh, luminar, uh, two hundred and oh, no, that's free insured shipping. It's uh, two hundred seven dollars a month with a firm because oh. you know it, you might want to tap consumer credit for a completely uh, bogus silly watch purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, ugh. You know what? The sad thing is it that's there on all of these listings because people use it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you want one that's fun and out of, out, out of left field? Yeah, I like that. Okay. All right. So this one is a 36 millimeter perpetual calendar. Ooh. It is 9.4 millimeters thick. Okay. If I gave you those kind of statistics, blue dial, integrated bracelet, and I asked you to guess how much this is going to cost, what would you guess? I am guessing the way that you're teeing it up that it is uh, some some flavor of anadigi or uh, otherwise quartz related thing. And you are uh, not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Um, 36. That one's throwing me off. Uh, It's going to be sub 2,500. You are correct. This is a watch that I think uh, you may have mentioned not this one, but its successor. This is a okay. 36 millimeter Omega caliber 1680 thermocompensated quartz perpetual calendar in a pre, not previous, but previous, previous gen constellation case. So this is the old kind of Manhattan style case. Really, really awesome pattern and inner chapter ring on the dial. Um, I can see a little bit of, I think it looks like there's a little bit of. Uh, Maybe a little, like there's a little bit of an issue on the dial around the date window. Um, not really sure what's going on there. 
the watch otherwise looks like it's in pretty decent shape. Um, so I don't know if you can get that retouched or whatever, but it is a Constellation Perpetual Calendar for da, 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 $700. Wow. On watch. Wow. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it's one of those you're like, uh, maybe <laughs> for 700 yeah, bucks, you could buy a lot of different things, but would a Constellation Perpetual Calendar be on your list? I don't know. Maybe it should be. So two two things. Uh, number one, yeah, there are a lot of inexpensive uh, constellation quartzes, uh, mm-hmm. both like Manhattan and Double Eagle vintages. Uh, one thing yes. that I've seen from stocking the Electronic Bay, uh, lo- looking at those, definitely be careful that they have the correct tapers on the bracelets because I've seen more than one where like some Yahoo resized it by like taking off one of the tapered bracelets so it's like uh, utterly like gross looking right because uh it, it comes to a taper and then there's just this notch and uh so yeah definitely definitely keep an eye out for that number two more quartz watches should be perpetuals Oh yes, annuals or like it's it's just inexcusable not to. Uh, There's there's a market for it, right? I mean, there's all of the um, the Grand Seiko nine F GMTs, right? And uh, then even some three handers. Um, Breitling obviously has uh, some super quartzes, including. Uh, my lovely Colt that uh, that I've got, I just just grabbed and put on my wrist. Um, yeah, if you're good, quartz makes sense for grab and go watches. I mean, does it make sense for something that's five grand? Eh, probably not. But seven hundred bucks. Well, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm I'm saying is, uh, people can't. Uh, Brands can't go back in time to make used stuff that magically has these. Right. Um, yeah, they they need to, you know, make an annual calendar. And the other thing, too, is like with, with quartz, if there's no running seconds, no one will ever know that it's quartz. Like, that's, that's why I think those... Uh, uh, Cartier tank moosts are, uh, are are so brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. If there's no ticking seconds hand, nobody knows, nobody cares. Uh, you you can come up with something clever. I mean, I'm just I'm thinking that there's there's room for like the um, the other the constellation Globemaster or sky dweller type deal where you've got like a very unobtrusive uh, month indicator mm-hmm. right around the, the outside of the dial. And then maybe you can do something, um, you know, to indicate low, um, you know, low, low time, like maybe, maybe the month indicator moves differently i don't know but like it just if it seems like there's a, a gap not being filled there 
Well, I'd be curious as to how you set this because it's a perpetual, but the only the only area that the date is visible is just the date window. So there's got to be there's got to be something in the instruction manual on how you know exactly what date you've set it to. But even right. still, like I just it it screams fun for that price. Like I said, it's it's an older watch. There's some paint running or something around the date window, but like, I mean, I think for seven hundred bucks. You could do a lot worse, would be my guess. Um, yes. Just it's it's an interesting piece. So, um, yeah. So, I got I got a question for you. I know we're going to talk a little bit about this here in a second, but that that new bracelet. Have you experienced any um, any hair pulling since you've uh, <laughs> since you put it on? I have to ask. Not not, uh, not too bad. Um, I find that, that that happens more when you don't have it sized perfectly. I, I find that it's more likely to pull when the bracelet's still really loose when you're removing extra lengths. Yeah. Uh, I have to say I've experienced less hair pulling with my lawnmower uh, from uh, Manscaped. That's for yeah, sure. no, I was going to ask if uh, if you've had a better experience with the bracelet or the Manscaped. I would also say that maybe if we have some friends who like Mr. Jingle Jangles uh, on the bracelet and like to wear it old school, uh, you know, 70s loose, um, maybe yes. if they're of the, of the you know, Chewbacca variety, they may want to think about using the lawnmower, uh, you know, on, 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 on their wrist as well as other places um, to kind of remove – or at least shorten, maybe reduce the impact of the hair pulling from the bracelet. Just a thought. Yeah, that's a smart idea. That is a smart idea. And if yeah. you were interested in doing that, you could order that and tell them that we sent you and use use what promo code? Buzzcut for 20% off and free shipping. That's Allegedly right, still working. Com. Allegedly still working. That's That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, yeah, I, I've already got great personal grooming tools from our friends at manscaped.com. But if, if you want to, if you want to have some, some great, uh, great grooming tools too, then you would, you would go and use Buzzcut for 20% off and free shipping. That is correct. I, I will say I'm actually to the point, uh, I've got to use the weed whacker again. Um, I, I do, like I said, I do find that's the one that I'm using the most, uh, with the, uh, with the nose hair, um, that's just one of those things that you just have to keep doing a little bit more frequently than other things. Um, although let's be real, it's the crop preserver that goes off that, that, that gets used every day. It's just, just crop preservers really good. Yes, it is. Um, I, I, I know that I, I looked at the ingredients and I know that like tapioca starch is in there. Mm-hmm. I never thought that I would be using tapioca for any sort of application to the, yes. Really, just anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> but um, hey, good good work. I mean that that is some brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. uh, work by by the people at Manscaped. It is effective, so. and it, uh, apparently it could be nutritious if you. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend consuming it. Yeah, okay. scratch that. Scratch yep. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no. So twenty percent off in free shipping with promo code Buzzcut. Let them know that uh, Buzzy and I sent you. That's right. So, anyway, shall we move on to a, a meteor topic, as it were? Um, you acquired a bracelet. 
I did. To go I on did. a watch, just to be clear, not just any bracelet, a bracelet to go on a watch. Those are very <laughs> different things. They are. They are. Um, yeah. So Forstner, great, great work on this. Um, I almost purchased it like live on the podcast last week <laughs> because Ryan was just pumping it up so much about how, how great it was. Uh, and and uh, I really ought to get one. I somehow had been holding out uh, because Stockton also pointed out, oh, this thing's great. So, so yeah, um, almost did it live, but uh, we we had so many other fun things to to do and discuss that we we didn't need the additional content. I really wish that I bought it live because it came uh, today. We're recording on a Monday, and if I bought it when we were recording, I would have had it before the weekend, so I would have been able to have all all sorts of fun um, fun times with it. Um, but I had to wait. Oh, it was it was terrible. Waiting's the hardest part, you know? I mean, and the funny thing is, is we almost did that entire podcast live, considering that it got posted a mere hours after we recorded it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That is a very good point. Yeah. We, uh, okay. I'm, pr- I'm proud of how it, how it turned out. Yes. So, yeah. Um, kind of high notes. Uh, the, the clasp really is great. Uh, the little like nipple feature it is a bit extraneous and okay. yeah, probably will maybe, eventually mark the, the band. Maybe but. explain that for a second. Um, because I'm, that's the first time I've ever heard nipple and clasp used in the same sentence. So there is a little protrusion on the, uh, well, I mean, in my biz, we would call that the uh, distal end of the, the clasp. There's a a little bump. And it's funny because I've noticed many clasps have some sort of affectation um, on that that side, like um, my Manta. um, You know, it's it's more like a a triangular thing. But essentially any time that the edge of a clasp isn't like straight across, uh, it, it does over time tend to like... Yeah, mark up the band a little bit. My Omega I has that. Don't it, really it has the Omega logo like that. I, so, yes, yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think that's, I think that's obviously what, what Forstner was going for because you know so, so much of of their catalog are you know flat links and, yeah. and all sorts of uh, things for Omegas and Omegas alike. Yes. Um, and at the end of the day, I I don't really care. That, that much, be, especially on a Jubilee, which somehow are like incredibly resistant to getting beat up um, or uh, looking beat up, mm-hmm. right? They, they take the same amount of abuse as any other bracelet. Uh, it just seems to me that oysters show it um, a whole bunch, whereas a Jubilee won't. Do you think it has to do with surface area? Because if, if I'm thinking about it, just the way those... Uh, the pieces of the bracelet fit together. It's almost like the, the exterior surface area is smaller and the visual is complemented. You know, it's a solid brace that you see all three sides of the three dimensional object, but on a 
on an oyster bracelet or, or, or similar style bracelets, there is a, a, let's be real, a very large flat piece in the middle versus, oh, for sure. you know, you know, the way that the, the beads on the Jubilee fit together. So my guess is that might have something to do with it. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. That's one of those. Um, but yeah, they, they uh, did a really nice uh, job with their embossed, like you know, triangular logo mm-hmm. and the JB. Why? Why that's JB and uh, the company's called Forstner. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a watchmaker code or something. Uh, I, I'm I'm certain that there is some some sort of story or history or background on it. I just uh, haven't bothered to find out yet. Um, but yeah, the, the clasp itself is is super nice. Um, I like the polished kind of shoulders uh, and sides. Uh, it's it's the kind where you're, there are two push buttons to release um, smooth action, so that's good. Uh, and then just like overall, you know, there are a couple of spots where you can see tool marks on on the side of the actual deployant. So like nothing that you would actually look at when you're wearing it, right? And just really those are the only the only demerits that I, I can find. Um, the end links are really good. They are slightly smaller than the case, being true to the original. And the the 58s actually are super exaggerated, um, where where those end links sit kind of inside of the uh, surface profile of the of the lugs. Um, so yeah, they uh, <laughs> they're really really good 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 fit. Um, the it's a screw type uh, links and I've never sized a bracelet that has more screw threads on it. Like I, I would imagine that the entire, the entire outside link is threaded. Wow. I, it, it just seems like there's that much, uh, that much on there, which is a good reason to not really need a, any sort of thread locker, um, it, it, the danger of you losing your bracelet would be utterly manifest um, be, be, before you got anywhere close to, to losing it. Um, yeah, really the only downside to this is, okay, first off, upside, I swear to God this would fit eight and a half Maybe even the nine-inch wrist. There are a bajillion links. It's incredible. Really. Good. And then also good heft to it. Good heft. Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to see this because I may yeah. be, maybe maybe persuaded to buy the one for the black base steel. I'd be curious as to what that watch looks like because it is all steel. I'd be curious as to whether or not it would work on that watch. That would be interesting. One of the things that that's a bummer with the uh, the full size black bays is because um, with the smaller links on a jubilee or, or a president, it just exaggerates how far and away the uh, spring bars are from the case. Yeah, like when when you look at that from edge, it's very very exaggerated, very cartoonish. Like if you're looking at it from the face of the watch, it, it looks 
perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, good, good kind of hand, good amount of, of, of droop. Mm-hmm. Very, very comfortable, very solid. Um, and came in a really nice, um, little magnetic box came with a uh, screwdriver to size the links. Uh, that being said, the, the links on the, the one side of the bracelet, uh, boy, they are on there tight. And I, I definitely uh, screwed up uh, one or two of them trying to get them, trying to get them out. Um, so that, you know, I, I went I did the lighter trick thinking, yeah, maybe... Maybe we've got a little thread lock going on, um, even though there's really no need for it. And, you know, I, I'm at the point where I just moved it into to the absolute yeah, <laughs> closest micro adjust. Yeah, it, it, which is just uh, not a good way to solve your problems. But darn it, I wanted this thing on my wrist tonight. And uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. So, um, yeah. So eventually, uh, either I or someone that's uh, not uh, an oaf will 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 fix that. But but that's that's a lighter problem. Yeah, um, really really impressed. It's a it's a nice bracelet. Um, so yeah, good good job, Forstner. Well, and the thing that I find interesting about that. Well, first. First, going back to why is their logo a JB? Quick Google search will take you to our friends at Fratello. And a December 10th, 2019 article by RJB um, that says that the JB stands for Jacoby Bender, which is the company that that acquired Forstner in 1963 before the astronauts started using the Comfit bracelet, which is the, the mesh bracelet that goes on the Speedy. Um, that you can see on you know various pictures of Neil Armstrong, Speedmaster, and, and things like that. And it's interesting because they, they've got a lot of bracelets out there that I think go very well on different watches. That 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 mesh bracelet, I've almost pulled the trigger so many times for the Speedy. And I think if if I had the previous generation that had the old quote unquote Speedy bracelet, I probably would have done that. That just that new speedy bracelet is so good that I just know that I probably wouldn't ever wear it on the mesh, even though it's a great look. I love the way I love the way that watch looks on that bracelet. It just probably wouldn't end up spending a lot of time on it. I can also remember they made the uh, old school flexible, the spring loaded oyster bracelet, which is reminiscent of um, what our buddy more watches has on several of his older Rolexes. Um, just kind of the stretchy oyster, which I think is, is a, a phenomenal bracelet design. I don't have a watch that that would go good on, but again, the, you know, given the quality and given the high praises you're singing on the Jubilee, I, I think that any of these other bracelets would make sense. And it take, kind of takes me back to the one that I know our buddy bro has that I have been tempted multiple times and may now with your endorsement, having seen and maybe getting to go hands-on on this Jubilee at some point, may eventually snag because the bracelet on this watch, it's a, it's a fine bracelet, but it doesn't have any taper and it has a butterfly clasp and it complements the watch very well. 
But if you're looking for kind of the original design, throwing a ladder bracelet on the El Primero really takes it back to what the OG looked like. And yes, you know, I've seen it on some of the newer ones. I've seen it on the, I think it's the A387 models, the, the, the Panda that has the more angular 37 millimeter case. And it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get, if I'm going to get a watch like that with that bracelet and spend that kind of money, I, I need to see it first. However, I feel like spending just a little bit over a hundred dollars on the Forstner ladder bracelet to go on that watch. If I don't like it, I can, you know, if, as long as I don't size it, it's like, man, this just, this look is just not for me. Let's check on the return policy. But like, even if, even if I couldn't return it and I don't wear it as much, I don't feel like I'm out a significant amount. Of it. Like, is, is it, is it smart to spend that kind of money and say, Oh, maybe I won't wear this. Probably not. But given the quality, given that I feel like that look on that watch, that might be the one that I finally pull the trigger on. Um, the mesh looks great. It's just, I just know I would never wear it on the speedy, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It's funny because you, you had mentioned that you never had bought a, uh, aftermarket bracelet, which I just find amazing. I, I've, I've bought a few of them. Um, I had a shark mesh on. I bought a shark mesh for my old uh, Gen One Orange Monster. Okay. And then I had um, when, I, when I went to sell it, uh, I sold it for decently high used price, and essentially used the look if if you don't haggle at all like you can have the uh the mesh also because at the time i didn't have i forget what the lug with on that i i seem to remember though that i, I didn't um have anything else mm-hmm. that would um take take that uh bracelet with um so it's interesting you mentioned that I haven't bought an aftermarket bracelet. I think there's only one watch that I would have considered it on at this point. And even then, I may have actually gone and just ordered the bracelet from Seiko. But I tend yeah. to... We, we're all team, if you can, buy the bracelet, buy the bracelet. Um, I think the only watches that I have purchased that have come on just a strap, if you don't include the Citizen that I got a very long time ago, that I was married in it's, and that's a dress watch um, were the Alpinist and the Fratello Oris, which obviously at that point there was no bronze bracelet. So you're not going to right. So just thinking about that, those are the only two watches that I haven't purchased a bracelet, like weren't even available on a bracelet. I mean, I, you can get an Alpinist bracelet and I've looked at the the ones from from Uncle Seiko for the Alpinist, and just haven't quite pulled the trigger on one yet for one reason or another. Just wasn't something that was really overly pressing. Um, but yeah, just I just think that's kind of that is a bit interesting. The only one that I've considered is is really more the the latter style for the El Primero, um, and then yeah, everything else I've, I've I, I like the way the bracelet that was designed for that watch either wears or looks. And I think it kind of is almost like, it's almost like the, the conversation we had with, with Jonathan Ferrer from brew watches on his retromatic. And, and yes, putting it on straps is different, but like 
that watch on that bracelet is supposed to, it's designed that way by a guy who really gets designed. And it's the whole idea of like, oh, I like the OEM rims on that car better than the stuff that you put on it. Um, and it's just like, he's, it went back to that watch. It's like, he's so talented, like that design and that watch, that all works together. I haven't found very many looks that I like on the watches I've purchased better than the OEM, but I don't know. I'm starting, I'm starting to think that I could be, I could be swayed. And I think it's interesting because the couple watches that I have that I don't have bracelets for, I've considered a Jubilee for the Alpinist. Yeah, that would, that would be sharp. And I've ordered the bronze bracelet to go on the Fratello Oris. <laughs> yeah, so so I um, I am team bracelet. See, I mean, uh, yeah. I also I had a uh, strap cold uh, oyster on my uh, SKX double nine, and that was really key. I kind of wish that I got the. Um, I don't know. I, I kept going back and forth because on Oyster, like that, that's a really great Oyster. Um, on the strap code uh, at the time, it was just a stamped clasp. It really wasn't anything to write home about. Um, I, I kind of wish that I, I, I love Jubilees, but the stock one on the SKX is also not superb. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely times when I wish that I did the, uh, the the Jubilee on that. I don't know. I, you know, I like a good shark mesh, too. I haven't had a good shark mesh in a while. Um, definitely thought about getting one for, um, for the, the, the Seiko 5 for that 55 Fathoms that I've got. Um it's which is funny because the first time I owned uh, one of those uh, um, Seiko fives, I also wanted to get a shark mesh for it. That was part of my my big plan, and I just you know wound up purging to get my Breitling Colt, my Breitling Colt. So um, yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe uh, maybe it'll work this time. Yeah. I I think the other thing too is mesh is such a, that's, that's one that's difficult to do, especially for a watch like your 55 fathoms. It's, it's difficult to make it cost effective right? because you can get a cheaper mesh bracelet and it's not going to look great or it's not going to look right. You get a more expensive one. You're like, well, I just spent more on this bracelet than I did on the watch itself. And then you're like, does that really make sense? And then the adjustability on some of those, I've seen some and the ones that seem like they're higher quality do still have links around the clasp and that just, it's, yes. it looks weird. You never see them. You never see them. Um, cause that's, that's the kind that I had on the, uh, orange monster. You, you never, you never see those, those links, uh, which is great. Um, and it's really funny too, because I did though, that's, that is a point. You probably had fewer of them left than I would. Yeah. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, so, you know, people, uh, people always love to take a dump on Invicto. Um, I had a, uh, it's hilarious, like a, a, a black, uh, PVD, uh, that had, uh, 
a shark mesh bracelet and it was really really well done it didn't never pulled hair i was very comfortable it was kind of this like kind of mongrel of uh mishmash of styling cues but yeah I, i was i was plenty happy to wear that thing for a long time so it it's it is doable to to get a good it you know reasonably priced shark mesh just uh It is a doable thing. So. Yeah. Anyway, well, I think we've uh, we've covered quite a bit on the quite a bit more than I ever thought we would on aftermarket bracelets, considering that I've never purchased one. Uh, but yeah. you and, you and Spangler yeah, more than make up for that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. When when uh, we get to the the average of the group is is reasonable. It's... Yes. Plenty of NATO straps have happened though. Some that I'm hoping will eventually ship soon. Zach. <laughs> I should have I, I should have gotten a couple more uh, of the elastics. Those things are all. So I've got I've got three of them now. I didn't actually I thought about it, but I didn't actually end up ordering any of them because the like the colors that I would have wanted, he was out of stock in the size that I needed. So I didn't buy them. And then I was like, well, I don't need other ones. So the colors that I had worked. And then um, the only one that I really wanted, and I have to decide whether or not I'm, I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it a single pass, but I got the orange ribbed uh, because that those, those SF one NATOs are just fantastic. I've got a green one that goes on just about every watch that has a 20 millimeter lug width. And I absolutely love that thing. Uh, It's on the, the Cincy watch code diver right now or the divers edition. And I ordered an orange one because I think that strap will look phenomenal yes. on the Divers Edition. But then also, I think that'll look phenomenal if I make it a single pass on my SRQ029 because that watch is already almost 16 millimeters thick, and I ain't putting a double pass NATO underneath that bad boy. Especially since the no. ribbed is a little bit of a thicker weave than like the seatbelt. So yeah, that 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 watch I think because it has the orange tip on the Chrono Seconds hand. That's the only amount of color on that watch with an orange strap. I think will look so cool, um, but it's got to be a single pass. Cole Pennington agrees. It's got to be a single pass NATO or a two piece. Can't be a, a regular NATO. So I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to neuter neuter that one when I get it. But I am I am pretty excited about that because I think that orange is going to look great on all the twenty millimeter watches that I have. With the exception of I think the Seamaster because that has red accents. So too bad. Oh well, that's the one watch it doesn't work for. But. Oh well, can't have it all. You can't. You can't. I've already got like seven straps for that watch anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I need to do a better job of organizing mine. It uh, it started out reasonable. It is no longer reasonable. So. I guess my question is: Do you really need to organize them, or just at least know where they're all kept? Because let's be real. None of us have, like, I guess I could be wrong, but I would say none of us, I don't think have, I don't have that many straps that like in the one to maybe two locations they are, I couldn't find them. Like I know where they're all at. To me, it's more of deciding what strap to put on. It's, it's almost like, oh man, 
I want to put this watch on this. Like it, like I feel so moved to go do that, that I just go and do it. It's not like, Oh, what strap do I want to wear? I need to see all this. Like, no, I want to put this watch on this strap now. And then I go and I do it. It like, that's, well, that's I, how my mentality works. Not my mentality. Like that's how I get moved to take a watch either off of a bracelet or off its existing strap and say, you know, something I'm kind of sick of looking at it on this. I want to see it on that instead. And just boom. I know where everything's at. It just just upsets me that it's so messy. I mean, <laughs> must must be able to impose order if I can't do that on a small collection of watch junk. Like I, you know, can't can't do it anywhere, right? <laughs> well, if it gets messy enough, your wife could impose order, which is what happened to me. Uh, which is why I have yeah. two brand new plastic bins in my office of watch related stuff. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, I, I have a small uh, plastic toolbox that has all of my watch straps, tools, etc. cetera. Um, watch tools. I mean, obviously, I've got multiple roll-on um, mm. tool chests in the garage for real tools. Oh, yeah. No, Buzzy, uh, don't worry. I don't also, think anybody thought that you only had one small toolbox for tools. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, top, top tip from, from the Buzzman as we cross the hour mark, um, I have the Milwaukee uh, Packout stack for my power tools, and that's a game changer. I mean, I'm I am a big fan of that. Uh, past past several years, I've essentially upgraded uh, all my power tools to Milwaukee, and also have some uh, outdoor power equipment by those guys too now. And um, man, it is uh, it is heavy duty. They uh, snap together and snap apart. Super easy. You can transport them. Is infinitely better than um you know whatever bags or what just whatever nonsense you're doing now so highly highly recommend pack out and the fact that you can get um get the crates for like big bulky stuff uh i use those to to carry things to uh, a job site and then also you can you know, get uh, faster organ organizers. It's it's sweet. It's such an indulgent purchase, right? Because you're spending a couple hundred bucks on just something that organizes stuff, but um, is so much more pleasing to do work when when all of your your stuff is well organized. Um, biggest game changers, honestly, are are the that pack out. And uh, a good tool belt. I, I made it thir- thirty plus years uh, of my life without realizing how impossibly great uh, having a tool belt is. God, it's so much better. It doesn't matter whether you're doing electrician stuff, framing, uh, building a swing set like I was this weekend. God, it's so nice to have have stuff easily at hand. You. Uh, if you don't have a tool belt and uh, and you're the handy type, get one, and then you can you can thank me later. It's okay. I'm not I'm not even doing it for the thanks. I'm I'm doing this to make your life better. And if you're interested in the Milwaukee Packout, you could use promo code. Just kidding, we don't have one from them, but it'd be cool if we did. Um, 
be a lot cooler if we did. Be a lot cooler if we did. I will. I will say this: despite all of that organizational pitch from Buzzy, um, I have rebelled against the woman. Um, and there is one rogue NATO strap sitting on top of the two plastic bins because not putting that damn thing in there. Uh, it's <laughs> just sitting right on the time. top. <laughs> such an yeah. animal. Yeah. Just I'm I'm really I'm really getting her. <laughs> Rebel without a cause. Yeah, yeah there, you're right. There is literally no cause for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, on that on that bombshell. Bomb <laughs> thanks everyone for sticking with us for just over an hour. On Random Nonsense, which is, I guess, pretty much every episode for us, technically, because this is, it's a watch podcast. Let's not take it too seriously. Anyway, uh, <laughs> enjoy episode triple one. Hopefully next week we'll be back with maybe a guest and hopefully Spangler. I think he's back from wherever. You know, I actually don't know if he went on that trip or if he's just like still packing for it. I haven't really gotten. <laughs> don't worry, his girlfriend's not going to make it this deep into the episode. <laughs> So if she makes it this far an episode, he's not in. We've got other problems. True. So anyway, we'll catch everybody next week. See ya.